Welcome to the Yeshiva Shomayla. This is David Lichtenstein. This week's program before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur will be about davening, about tefillah. Tavayda Yom Nerayim or tefillah. So we're going to speak halachically. If a person knows that if he davens everything, he won't have kavana. But if he says three psukim of the tefillah and he looks at the art scroll, he understands it, he will. Better off the whole thing, shaloi bekavana. Or a little thing, Bekavana. Same thing could be with Davening, Psukit Zimra, Karbanis, etc. What can you skip? What can't you skip? Here's another question. If you don't understand Hebrew well, or certainly some of the complex Hebrew that the Piyutim are in well, are you better off saying them in English and understanding what you're saying, or saying them in Lashon Kaidish? Same thing goes for Tefillah. If a person can compose his own Tefillah, that he really is heartfelt and he feels it and it's personal, is that better than davening the standard tefillah, which are done by Chazal? What about you're a big masmid, you're a ben taira? Should you daven at length? You could daven, you know, or you better off davening, you know, quickly so that you could spend your time learning. You're a lamdan. What's the source of not talking by davening? And if a person is in a minion where there is talking about davening, is he better off davening be a chidus? If somebody doesn't have his hat and jacket, and his minion gets to wear a hat and jacket, is he better off davening with a minion without a hat and jacket, or davening later be a chidus with a hat and jacket? These are some of the many questions we're going to be asking about davening. We're going to have from New York, the author of 16 Svarim, halachically speaking, Ramosha David Leibowitz, will have Rabbi Yosef Vigler, he's a Avbezdin, a Dayan, or Ishkoil in Flatbush, and then we'll have Alter Rabinovich, he's the one who heads the foundation of the Taisis Yamtif, where they go around, he says they have uh, hundreds of thousands of people signed up onto their programs not to talk by davening, should make for a really fascinating program. Before we go to our program, I was asked to speak someplace last week, and I did. And I'll tell you, Bekitz, I thought, Dvarim Shaltam. Remember years ago when I was in Yeshiva, Raburin Reich told me a story. It's a humorous story. He said these two Yeshiva boys hadn't seen each other for a number of years. And they're waiting a line to say, G'jamtif. You know, they go around to Rosh Hashivas, by Rosh Hashanah, at night. And one of them sees the other one from all the way across the base medrash, and he goes running towards him. The other one opens up his arms and just say, oh, yes. He says, no, 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 tell me, are you Michael me? Are you Michael me? And I think the point of his thought was is that, you know, we could look at these Yom Tovim and pigeonhole them, are you Michael me? Or we could look at Rosh Hashanah and say, it's something much bigger than that. And I think Rosh Hashanah is much bigger than, were you Michael him? Weren't you Michael him? In fact, the, the concept of tshuva isn't mentioned at all, Rosh Hashanah. The Shodar says you're not supposed to cry by davening. A lot of people, when they say, Avinu malkeinu chatanu lefanecha, they don't say chatanu lefanecha because of that. So what is Rosh Hashanah really all about? So let me share with you an idea. Around 200 years ago, 150 years ago, there was a very wealthy Swedish inventor that he was an arms manufacturer and inventor. He was a billionaire. He created many patents. He had over 390 patents for various type of arms. Well, one day he was sitting down to breakfast and his butler brought him his newspaper, his iron newspaper, and he opened it up. And to his surprise, he sees an obituary. And who's the obituary of? Himself. This fellow had a brother, Ludwig. His brother Ludwig had died. The newspaper had mixed up the two brothers. And the title to the obituary was The Merchant of Death is no longer with us. And it spoke about how much death and destruction and blood this person brought to the world. 
So here he was, he's reading his obituary, and he says, this is not the legacy I want to leave behind. So he brought a few friends together, he was a brilliant person, and he came up with an idea. This man's name was Alfred Nobel, and he created the Nobel Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize for Medicine, the Nobel Prize for Mathematics, etc., with the idea of spreading good in the world as opposed to bad. And indeed, today, the Nobel Prize is known as something as a great honor, and nobody associates it with the fact that he was the inventor of dynamite. Now, most people, in fact, I don't know any other person, got to read his obituary in his own life. But here's something interesting. In the United States, if you have a home, you probably have the filters for your air conditioning unit checked every year by, you know, you call up the, the HVAC people, you don't want to be on a hot day and be sweating, check my uh, air conditioning system annually. Your health, an annual checkup. Your car, you bring it once a year to the auto mechanic to see what it is. But your life, the direction that my life is going, nothing. You know anybody who goes for an annual checkup? What does it say in Rosh Hashanah? And who's writing in it? You and I are writing. And what are we writing? We're writing our own life story. And the idea being, once a year, we're given the job, or given the ability, the gift. Could you sit and write your life story? Do you like the way your life is going? Are you here by accident? Is it aimless wandering? Or is it really something you're writing? You have the pen. On Rosh Hashanah we say, Hayoyim HaRasaylam. Today is the day of birth of the world. And everybody is an Olam Katan. You have your world, and I have my world. And what's the Avoid on this birthday? To look at it. Where is my life going? And what is the tefillah we say extra on Rosh Hashanah? Right, we say the tefillah, Rosh Hashanah, Yatsa Yosef mi base ha'asurim. Yosef, all his dreams were stymied, glued up, the plumbing was stuck. He was in jail for many years, first by Paitifera, and then actually by base ha'asurim. Rosh Hashanah is the day that we are given the ability, reflect for a moment. Are you realizing your potential? Last week we read the story of Vidui Maisa. You bring once a year your Maisa up to the Beis HaMikdash and you say Vidui. And what is the Vidui that you say? Asisi kechayil asher tzivisani. I gave all my tzedakah. I took everything out of the house. I did everything. I did everything kechayil asher tzivisani. And the Mepharshim will wonder, what is Vidui Maisa? Where is the Vidui over here? And let me suggest that the Vidui is in the smugness of saying, Yeah, everything's going just great. There's really no need for personal introspection, no need for re-examination, no need to say, maybe I could do better. The vidui is, that's good for the vidui. This year, a very well-known event happened. A number of very wealthy, quote-unquote, adventurers hired a submarine called the Titan, to go visit the wreck of the Titanic. And everybody knows what happened. They went down, it imploded, and they died. So a French writer, a scientist, charted out what happened at the last hour of these people's lives. He says they were, float, they were going down, going down, the propeller-driven, upright, as the, the submarine should be, and it's documented by the station on top that was monitoring them, that 45 minutes later, the lights and electricity and the motor of the submarine went out. And what happened without the propeller 
it plummeted nose forward, in other words, on its head, straight down. There was likely pandemonium inside because they were all cast towards the front. And in total and utter darkness, getting colder and colder because it's because the water goes down to 32. There was no heating in the submarine. It plummeted straight downward. And at 45 minutes, it imploded and they all died. What do you think they were thinking about in those last 45 minutes? Were they thinking about maybe a deal that they missed? A Stella that they didn't get? Were they maybe thinking about some new carpet that their living room needed? Or were they more likely thinking about as they plunged towards their death and they had 45 minutes to think about it? What could have I done differently? If I had to redo my life, if I had to relive it, what choices? How would have I written the story? The gift of Rosh Hashanah is is that every one of us has the ability before Rosh Hashanah to take a blank piece of paper and write on it their own potential obituary. If this happens to me, how would have I wanted to have lived? What would I want my life story to be? So take a pen, take a blank piece of paper, and write on it your name on top and say, this is the story of my life. These are my goals. These are my dreams. Rosh Hashanah is the time to let them out again, to re-realize your dream. Once a year, we have the ability to do what Alfred Nobel did. But instead of doing it at the end of our lives, we have the ability to do it in our 20s, in our 30s, our 40s, and our 50s, when we still have a long time to create the memory that we want to live in this world. To all our listeners, let's go to our riddles of the week. So the first riddle is the Gavaldiga riddle, B'Shem Rebleza Silva, the Velt says it over. Rebleza Silva, for the younger generation, he was the head of the Agudas Harabanim. He was considered by the Orthodox the chief rabbi in America. They say over a story with him, he was once going to an Asifa, and he was a, he was a shtickle makbed, and covered a taira, and a shminish, a bishminis, and he was late, so he told his driver, faster, faster, faster. Driver went faster, 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 and he got pulled over by a policeman. So the driver tells the policeman, do you know who's in the back of the car? The chief rabbi of America. So the cop said, oh, chief rabbi of America? I don't want to start, so continue. He waved him on. So as he was waving on, he rolled down the back window, Rebleza Silva, and he called out, and Canada too! So what's the Moiridika Shailer Blazer Silvest? The sheet of Rashi and Erevin, Tafnun Amar Aleph, Devriya Maschal Vahari Maisa, says that of Nisarav two Karbanis, you mixed up two, two, two Shvarim. One is a, has a mitzvah smichel tnufa, and one doesn't have a din of smichel tnufa. Sarah is you don't make the bracha. Why? Because it's a shashefsik. Maybe the carbon that you took first. Right, is not If so, you're making a, a, a smicha and a tnufa between the bracha and the next carbon. So it's a hefsik between the bracha and the mitzvah, because the mitzvah does not need smicha and tnufa. So Shita's Rashi is even a maisa of smicha and tnufa would blibe a hefsik between uh, the bracha and the maisa mitzvah. A mitzvah means right away, immediately. In fact, I remember by Ramesh of Heinstein. When I was by him, when he made his bracha, and that's supposed to be mafzik bin fil shalyad and fil and shalraish, he would only wind the strap around his hand once or twice, quickly put on the fil and shalraish, and then put on, go back and do the seven around his hand, so it should be immediate. Because of this sheet, that's Rashi, not to make any half sick. 
So Lechayr, the question is, according to Rashi, we make a bracha on mitzvahs kiyashayfer. What's the problem? We don't know. Why do you say tashrat, tashat, v'tarat? Sidi Gemara says, you don't know which is the right mitzvah. We don't know which is the sound is the right one. So we do all three sounds. Slachaira, according to the tzad, that it's not tashrat or not right. So it's when we do first and you do tashrat. Lechayra, tashrat would blive a hefsik if it's tarat. So when you do all three, inevitably, we should not make a bracha. You should just pick up the tzkiyas and go straight because you want to make the bracha, but it could be you make a hefsik. You don't want to make a bracha of a mitzvah But then he went weiter. He said, everybody knows the famous Reb Chaim, that if somebody has two esraigim, one's a Safik Murkov and one's a Mahudar, Right, what do you do? So Chaim famously says, first you pick up the, the Safik Murkov, that's, that's Hodor. Because Manishach, if that's the Hadar, then you Yaitza. If it's not, you put it down, and then you pick up the one that's Vadai Kasher. Right? It's it's not Morkov, but it's not Hadar. Because then Manishach, you the Mesfet. Always this way, you have a chance of doing the one Behidar. Right? The famous Reb Chaim. Reb Leza Silvius and Reb Chaim. You see Beferish Nishtazai, according to Rashi. According to Rashi, that a... Uh, uh, any maisa between the bracha and the etzemaisa mitzvah, if there's another maisa in between, bleibs a hefsik, by picking up the hudr first, the suffolk murkov, that's mahudr first, and then putting it down, and then picking up the vade kasha, if indeed the, the suffolk murkov is not kasha, you made a hefsik between the uh, between the mitzvah and the bracha by picking up the suffolk hudr. So, and the minig of Klal Yisrael to make a bracha, you have a raya that Reb Chaim's uh, maskan is wrong. This is the, the shayla of Reb Leza Silva. And when I say it was Mark Brown Kavadatayr, I say it l'shvach, of course. You know, this, from Slobodka, Kavadatayr was the biggest thing in the world. That's our first riddle of the week. What's our second riddle? Atem nitzavim hayoyim kulchem lefnei Hashem aleikechem, rashechem, shivteichem, neshechem, so, and by the way, we always learn this the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. The Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, we all are standing, getting ready to stand in front of Kaviyachal, in front of the Rabbeinu Shalom. So the Gemara in Saita says, Rashi says of here, Malamed shekinsa moishel of the Akadosh Baruch Hu lachlisam bris. And the Gemara says in Saita and Aflamed Zion, uh, what bris is that? This is the din of Arvis. Kulchem, all kol Yisrael arevim zelaza. We are all one entity. We are one one body is why you could be mighty somebody, even if you already made the bracha, you could be mighty because you have to worry that they should do the mitzvah. Even if you were ready to the mitzvah, you do it again, because I have to die for the other yid. Now in the din of Arvis is a gear called Ravim Zelazah. So look at Rashi and Nida Yud Yimalamid Beis. Rashi says no. And Nashim are not also Bechlal Arvis. Look in the Russian brachas, the complex rush, but that's how Rabbi Vega learns and others, are not Bechlal Arvis. So she wouldn't be able to be mighty. So here's the Shaila. Where do we learn Arvis from the din of Atem Nitzavim Ayoyim, Blavracham Bebris? And the Gemara inside says, which bris? The bris is Arvis. What does the Pasik say? Tapchem, Neshechem, Gerchem, Asher Bikerav Bachanecha. The not Isha and the Ger. The Pasik says, Kulchem, and the Isha and the Ger. This is the bris of Arvis. Rashi says a Ger is not Bachal Arvis. The Rush says an Isha is not Bachal Arvis. A Beferish, a Pasik, Neged, Rashi, and the Rush. Those are our two riddles of the week. Before we go to our wonderful guests, I see my job here is to make learning interesting. 
Right. And people say they go on trips and they find learning interesting. So I try to find topics that are current and interesting. And sometimes, quite often, people disagree with me. Maybe sometimes people could get offended by my opinions. So I would like to ask the greater Eilam that listens for mechila, for forgiveness. Uh, I try to do it to, in a search for the truth, notwithstanding to, to, to be to be Ahmed al Emes, notwithstanding there are always going to be people, people who disagree with me, which I think is a Mila, by the way, not a Chasarin. A Bezdin that says, Kula Zakai, what's Allah, the guy person's pata, because we're supposed to be thinking for ourselves. But if someplace along the line I offended anybody here, I ask you for mechila. If you want to leave a message by phone or dial in by phone to listen, in America, our number is 732-806-8700. In England, it's 44, that's the country code, 33-011-70250. In Eretz Yisrael, it's uh, 02-372-0304. Now let's go to our wonderful guests. Joining us from New York is Ramosha David Leibowitz. He's the author of eight volumes of Halachically Speaking, author of Tefillah with Meaning, a Talmud of Ravdelsky for 10 years. Uh, this is his 16th Sefer. Welcome, Rabbi Leibowitz. Thank you, Rabbi Lichtenstein, for having me on your show. I you look forward to the shows every week, and the Swarm are fantastic as well, and thank you for all your work with Aiske Tzarchi Ramuna. Thank you. So, question. If a person knows... Uh, that if he davens everything, he can't have kavana. But if he davens less, he'll have to skip something. Does he skip? And if so, what can he skip? And this is very relevant, particularly now for slichas, when you have these long pages of slichas and they, they go through them at, at you know at, at at digital speed, like a computer download speed. And most normal people just can't. And a lot of the words are difficult too. So give us some halachically, what are you and aren't you allowed to do? So kavanah in general is a very big topic, which I focus on in, in the sefer. Um, we talk about the fact that if you were given the option to read a Chinese newspaper, you wouldn't uh, really have a lot of meaning in doing that because you don't know to understand the words. And it's very important to do your due diligence by appreciating what you're saying. And we do spend thousands of hours of davening on a regular basis, and more time and effort is needed to put in to make sure that we understand what we're saying. And the place given Allah to speak about it, it's better to say less with kavana than more without kavana. It's a very important idea to just take on in general, where if we're davening and we're in shul anyways, we have to just make sure that we are understanding what we're saying. And unfortunately, you know, many people just take feel for granted and they go to shul on a regular basis and they're not putting that effort that's needed to make sure that we actually know the words that we're saying and meaning behind it. Um, and as far as skipping certain sections, it really depends on certain parts of the tefillah. Like you said, as far as sleepers is concerned, I know there's different yeshivas that have different minhagim as far as how many capitals they do say. Um, instead of actually skipping the slichas, I would suggest to take time now until Matzah Shabbos or whenever you're going to be saying slichas to actually invest in energy and to read the words and know what you're saying and know what the meaning of the words rather than just doing it by rote and just, you know, okay, I say slichas for 20 years and this is what it is. Check it off on the list. Slichas is done. Can't wait for it to be over. Instead, 
by a different approach of taking your time and effort and energy and investing in the properly understanding what you're saying, hopefully it won't come to questions about mambling words and not having any kavana uh, on what you're doing. But regardless, they say slichas at like rocket speed. So is a person better off saying the slicha at rocket speed or saying the first two or three psukim of the slicha and then saying that Hashem Hashem, uh, which of the two would you say is others? I think it's better just to say and understand what you're saying. So if it's two to three capital and you get the meaning of those, then like you said, if it's rapid speed and you're not gaining anything out of it, then there's really no purpose in doing it. It's really just more focusing on what you're able to say in a proper speed. And obviously with a T-bar, the things that have to be said with a T-bar. And the truth is, if you're not able to say with a T-bar and you have time later on and be able to say certain tefillahs, that also would be very valuable. Now let's say somebody doesn't have the time in the morning. He, the minion he goes to goes quickly. Can he skip things like the Parshas Hakeda? Can he skip Karbanas? Can he skip Psuke de Zimra? Can he skip parts of Psuke de Zimra? What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, if someone doesn't have time in the morning, there is place going to speak about why we don't say certain parts of uh, Karbanas these days. I know they say that there's Parshas Atamah should be said, and people are very accustomed to saying Parshas Akatiris and other parts of, of Karbanas. But ultimately, if you don't have time for that, then you can always do it after davening is over. Um, in Sukkot Zimra, there is a Siman Shokan Arach that speaks about different things, if you have time for which Lucas you should say. And I, I think ultimately the, the, the goal should be to refocus our efforts on Tila. Um And then that's part of why it's important to bring out that, you know, people do spend a considerable amount of time in davening, and they have problems with davening. And then they have questions that come up on a regular basis. Why do we daven if Hashem knows everything? And it comes to a lack of appreciation of what's going on in our tefillahs every day. If, I, if Hashem knows everything, I see that my tefillah is not being answered. So that all comes from the fact that let me just try to get to shul late and, skip, and I don't have time to say certain piyutim, and this is why I'm going to skip. If we take a different attitude of learning why we daven, and gearing our questions that we have on davening and finding the answers to those questions, I think our approach to davening will be much different. And in doing that, we won't have certain kind of questions about, okay, um, I have six minutes of Sukkot and Zimmer, what could I skip? You know, those things won't come up if we go back and reinvest our energies into Tila. And then that's part of what I wanted to discuss as well, is that, you know, we have, you know, yeshivas out there, which are both that's always always very careful when you're speaking about yeshivas to say yeshivas hakadoshim because they are Kedoshim. And, and I think that we should really try to focus on, on, on educating our children from a young age in relation to davening. Because many yeshivas are great with, you know, learning every Rishon and every Achron on the first square and box of, of, of the Gemara and spending weeks in trying to get there and learning in depth and, and Ian. But how much are we actually focusing on Tefillah with our children to try to talk to them about Hashem and the connection that we have with Hashem on a regular basis and the appreciation that we should have to daven to Hashem every day. And the yeshivas, I spoke to some Rosh yeshivas, and they said, you know, we can pride ourselves on finishing Masechta because, you know, we finished Masechta. We can tell, tell the parents we finished Masechta, but tell parents that we taught the children how to daven. And I'm not talking about the Pirish Amilos per se, but even just the Hashkafic aspect of davening about why we daven, and what's the point of davening? Three times a day, is it just checking off a box, uh, done, and daven, and we're done with it, now on to the next thing. It's starting at a younger age of the focus of why we daven and what's involved with it, and even in the yeshiva level, will solve a lot of these questions that come up 
And if they come up now, they're going to come up constantly on questions about trying to skip davening and skip parts of davening. And but yeah, let me let me quote a, let me quote something from the Chazanish. Right, this is from the Chaya Chazanish. He says, "Chazanish loy his spal, but tefilos who piyutim elamashim uchrachem." He only did those who were absolutely necessary. And the reason is, as a tam shalayherach, I'm translating because it says he davened slowly, carefully, with a lot of kavana. Like he counted money. So, he couldn't dive in a lot. He would constantly repeat, It's better to do a little bit than a lot without kavana. Right, that's so, what we were talking about before, correct? Yeah, so it seems that, you know, even if a person puts away an hour to davening, right, in the morning, there's so much to be said. So, you know, there is an opinion to say just what you absolutely have to, but say it with a lot of kavana. Correct. I think part of the discussion is that people, when they're davening themselves, they're not appreciating the opportunity they have for davening. So they're not taking advantage of it. They're going, they're coming into shul nowadays, and they have their coffees in their hands. And, and they're walking into shul in the middle of Tsukha de Zimra, and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I, I arrived. You know, the place can speak about not davening, uh, with drinking with coffee before davening even begins. And now, all of a sudden, the custom of many shuls, last week I was in the shul, and there were seven people that had co- cups of coffee in their hand, there many of them during waning and during uh, Tsukha de Zimra. And it came to a point where... Disrespectful. You know, just disrespectful to the davening. Disrespectful, and then the fact is it's disrespectful because they don't have the basic usitis, unfortunately. Right. And because of that, we also have a, a situation with cell phones, that people hold cell phones in their hand when they dive in, and they quickly try to get rid of Kriyashma and then and finish uh, some essays so they can go back to their phones. This is all part of the fact that people are coming to school with the, with the wrong outlook to davening, and they're not necessarily rushed with time, and they can't say it. But unfortunately, many people don't want to be in school. And that's right. why I feel it's important to address that as well, to try to bring out that, that those issues. Should a person dive in at length at the expense of learning Tyra? So I know there's a lot of um, discussion out there in relation to Tila and how long it should take. And, and, and there is a discussion, I believe, from the Sam Slaysford that people are asking him, uh, why are you davening so long? You're taking so much time and you're not able to write through this. And because of that, so much more halachic issues that can be resolved and taking off time for davening. And Sam Slaysford uh, said that you have it all backwards. If I wouldn't spend time on davening, I wouldn't be able to even write one ace of my chuvas. Everything comes from davening. And without davening, and, and he also answered, I believe, he added on, he said, he says, whoever's myrach b'tzilasai, marichelai yamavushnaisav. So he says, I'm not losing time, I'm gaining more time to be able to learn even more. Correct. Uh, and it's, right. it's also discussed uh, you know, in the, the safer. But on the other hand, you see that yeshivas um, don't say parshas akeda, don't say parshas k'tairas, don't say parshas haman, um, don't say karbanas, right? And um, the Mishnibura in Semenalov says that somebody who's a baltaira, right, he could be meinea from saying a harbet chinas and achashas, the toiv yaisah sheyomayt b'mkaimam. It's better that he should learn that he should be davening, which is interesting, no? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I know a lot of people take that in general with learning and davening and mixing it, and they decide you know, during Chazar Shashat they'll take a safer and they'll learn, even though Mr. Burr talks against it, and Chaim Kinefsi says it's a Mr. Baba Vera, and then the learning is not considered learning. And the people some aside, some, some, sometimes see the other tell me that's a common learning, and, and unfortunately, again, it might boil down to the same issue you're talking about, is that the Hashivas of Tila has to be impacted more to the Hamayin because I think also they want to keep busy 
they don't want to necessarily pay attention to the davening. So they'll keep busy. They'll learn. And, and, and Shlomo Zaman also said, like, are these people going to be the ones that are learning every second they have, or just during davening they take the, uh, the you know the time to spend and not listen necessarily to what they have to, and they'll learn and they'll uh, read these pamphlets in school that I think pamphlets that are going around in all these places are, are great, but not during davening. And a lot of times it's just how many pamphlets we can give out to the schools and how we can entertain the people properly to make sure that they spend the time in school where they're supposed to be davening, but unfortunately they want to be entertained and read the pamphlets and during times they're not supposed to read them. And, and that's ultimately part of the side of, again, trying to spend more time on why we're davening and the fundamentals of tefillah, because ultimately if we spend more time on the fundamentals of tefillah and understand what we're doing every day, we, we wouldn't want to talk in shul. And that's a big issue that I discussed in the Sefer as well. Like you shouldn't want to talk in shul. It shouldn't be an issue where there's a Shabbos of no talking. There shouldn't be a Shabbos of no talking. There should be a, uh, it should come but naturally. You should not want to talk in shul because you're so uh, gifted to the opportunity to daven Hashem on a regular basis. So there shouldn't have to be a, a, a Shabbos of no talking. There shouldn't have to be Rabbanim stopping the shuls and stopping the tefillah and stopping the Kriya Satayra because they have to make sure that people uh, ultimately are davening and not, to- and, and not talking. Okay. So based on that, that tefillah is supposed to be a very uh, intimate um, relationship with Kaviyachal. So if a person could compose his own tefillah, is that better than davening the standard? Because it's more heartfelt, no, I mean, it's, more per, it's, it's more personal? They don't need my askama, and they brought the the tefillahs that we have today into the, the Hamayin Am, and that's what we daven based on their uh, compositions. We don't have to, on ourselves, uh, come up with our own tefillahs. There's enough in the sitter to uh, daven. We have times in Shemayat tefillah. We have times at the end of the, the, the bakashas in the Shemayat We can talk about what kind of tzar. You can say any language you want, any bakasha you want. I don't think we have to come up with our there's, own uh, tefillahs at this point. I would say, even though the Rambam writes, and also C.S. Kapayim, he writes, every Everybody used to daven the way they wanted. But he says, Kivan Shigalu Yisrael Bimei Nuchadnetzer HaRasha, and Nisarvu Be'umay Sa'elam, and Nisbalbalu Sfasam Vayasaf Sfas Lekol Echad V'yechad Mureves Mulashay Nisarbei, the Kivan Shaya Medaber Eni Yachal Adaber Kol Tzorkai. You know, she says in the Gullus, we became very confused and we lost our ability to daven. So you're saying, notwithstanding that, and so sort of like the Anshiknes like Gaila were massacring this to counteract the fact that the confusion of Gullus. You're saying, notwithstanding that, once they they did compose it, you're not supposed to be Mashana anymore in the Nusach HaTfilah. The Matbeya HaTfilah, Shatik Du Chazal, even though it started off as Gach HaSar and Maramayla, but once it became, it became the Matbeya HaTfilah. We do have the Dailam over the previous generation that did compose certain Kinas, like we have on Tishabal, we have Eber Schwab and the Baba Barabba, they did compose Tfilahs that made it into certain uh, Kinas, but generally speaking, you know, it's not for them why not to start uh, composing their own tefillahs when we have a Baruch Hashem enough in the Siddur to daven for and daven from. So I'll share with you something interesting. In the Siddur Isha Yisrael of the Goyen, he says that there's a mitzvah say of love de b'chalavadchem. But he says for a lot of people, it becomes a mitzvah, shalai b'kabana. So what's the Eitzah? He says, Roy that if the tefillah Shmanesrei, he should put on his own tefillah Kitsara. And that way it would be believe Shalim He's saying that what you said to do in in um Tefillah, right, or maybe by or maybe by the Rotten at the end of the Davening, where over there if you do say your own tefillah, it's a good chance that that tefillah will be very heartfelt. And that way you'll for sure be Makaim with that tefillah of the even if the rest of tefillah went a little bit on autopilot. Nature from the Gayan and the Aristvash 
um, similar time period as the Gain sort of says the same thing, which is very ironic and humorous in a way, because according to the Gain and the Arasvash, you makayim the deraisa of with what you do, and you makayim the Drabon and Sila with what they said you should be masakin. But notwithstanding that, I guess once they were, yeah, once they were masakin and Matbeas at they sort of said, look, we have to create a safety net. We have to legislate. Um, what about this question? What would you say? Um, if somebody goes someplace, a minion that is talking, is he better off davening biachidus or in a minion that they do talking? So that's an excellent question. It happens to be that um, I know Victor Miller had a whole back and forth, and people asked him that they had some issue with health in the family, and they said, what type of shul do you daven? And he said, I daven in a shul that talk um, during tefillah. And he's like, go, get out of there right away. There's, there's a, my gaffers in that shul don't daven there. I mean, unfortunately, it, it is very common to have shuls that talking is an issue, and it seems to be like the Minigayim is still daven in those kind of shuls, even though I will tell you that there are a number of shuls out there, one in Miami Beach particularly, Biyam and Svi, and there's a shul in Flappish, Shari Tezajantif, that they have a no-talking policy, and there's so many people that want to daven there, it's hard to get in, because they realize the value of davening, and they realize that everyone's there for a cause. You know, if you think about it, if people ask themselves, what do I do when I come to shul? There are people that come to shul for the kiddush, the people that come to shul for the uh, social scene, so maybe the Rav's Tila, the Rav's uh, Drasha, the Rav's Davim for the Ahmed. If you have to ask yourself a question, what do you gain and what's the reason why you come to shul? If you're coming to shul because you're, you want to just get the social scene out of speaking to your friends, and then you're not in the right shul. You know, so as far as getting back to your question, I think the minute is nowadays that even if there is talking in the shul, no one's just stopping in the Yafidus at home. Um, and people do come to shul even though there is talking. But again, even though the problem is that there's talking in shul, I think that if we address the problem and how to deal with it, ultimately we can start solving uh, the issues of talking in shul. Now, this problem of talking to shul is, is hundreds of years old. I mean, the Tyson Johnson obviously wrote a Mishabera that people say. And, and I think a years ago, you know, when the problem came up, they didn't have cell phones and didn't have WhatsApp and they didn't have any way of contacting people. So when they used to go in their little towns and they would go away for a day or a few weeks, whatever it is, to business. And then they used to come back and everyone used to talk to so I didn't see them so long. And there was um, camaraderie because there was no way to really contact people outside of your little area. Now, with cell phones and WhatsApps, you have the ability to speak whoever you want the whole week. You can WhatsApp anybody you want. You can talk to anybody on your cell phone the whole week. There shouldn't really be an issue of coming to school for 45 minutes, uh, an hour, two hours on Shabbos and have the t- issue of the talking. I-, I personally have not spoken to school in over 20 years. I mean, obviously it took work, but ultimately if we realize why we come to school and what the point is, then we'll have more and more schools, uh, people accepting upon themselves not to talk. Um, and I'll just mention for briefly, I-, I was in Poland about two weeks ago because I was going on a trip with 100,000 Hasidim who signed not to talk during davening, and 800 people went to Poland based on Geirals and Gabayim and Shul. But there's a, a, there is a uh, organization out there that's trying hard to get people to accept upon themselves not to talk. And the Hasidic crowd did it, and they have 100,000 people only from after Shul that accepted upon themselves not to talk during davening. I think the Kabbalah is great. It's a great way to start, whether it's a week, whether it's two weeks, whether it's a month, or even a certain tefillah. That's a certain perfect way to get the ball rolling in not talking during the avening. And ultimately, that will lead to the seriousness of looking into all the questions that people have during the avening. And I personally took a poll of all the people that read my articles and my forum, and I asked them, why don't you take the avening seriously? And they gave back certain answers and questions that they had and seeking answers. And I was able to obviously try to research that. And that's part of the information that I have in the safer we came out to deal with meaning. 
So question again. I'll ask you two ways. If a guy has to dive in a show, and the only show in his neighborhood they talk, is he better off diving at home or going to show? Hashkafically, he's probably better off diving at home. Practically speaking, you know, you're going to have to have a Paisic who's going to... No, I'm, to speak, I'm speaking to somebody who swallowed 16 Svarim. If the guy asked you, what would you say? I, I would say the minute is that we still go to Shula Davin. Hopefully, okay. we'd be able to Davin. Question two. Question two. A guy who can't help himself from Davin from talking in Shul. Is he better off davening at home or, or going to Shul and talking? I, I would I would tell him if a person is really going to Shul to Davin, to, to, to Davin, he should Davin properly. If a person is not on the level to Davin and all he can do is talk. Not all he can do. He's human. He goes to Shul and he also talks. Would you tell this guy better stay home or better go to Shul? I would tell him to, to, to try to think about what he's doing to the people who are davening in the Shul and trying to concentrate and he's making sort of makati as a rabbin, and if you think about it, you know, he's, people are trying to daven, and he's talking to people. He should maybe talk outside and not daven in an actual shul that people are trying to connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. And, uh, you know, and a lot of these people, they decide to go to shul, and they and they do whatever they want in the shul, so to speak, and the rabbin has to stop them from talking, and they can't stay home because the wife thinks that they're going to shul to daven. So ultimately, you know, I think we could start fixing the problem of talking in shul if we start teaching them something else that they could do in shul and actually daven. And ultimately, by doing that, will start the process of solving the, the, the issue of talking in shul, which, again, is all over the place. It's in many shuls, obviously, unfortunately. And instead of telling people to sort of stay home, let's try to teach them and educate them coming from inside out, not scaring them in my chazals and saying, if you're talking in shul, you're gonna, this is going to happen to you, that's going to happen to you, just teaching them from inside out about davening. And the book Baruch Hashem is going very well, and people are buying it because they're tired of 20 years or 30 years davening, the same davening, the same over and over again without any knimius, without knowing and understanding what's going on. Okay, one last question, which I don't know the answer to. Maybe you can help me. It says, the Shulchan Aruch says, somebody who speaks in Shul by davening, Gadol Avayne Minsei, which, which, by the way, there's no Makaira in the Gemara for it or in Chazal. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it, it, talking in Shul is not discussed in the Gemara or in, uh, by davening in, in the Gemara anyway. It's my knowledge. But the language, Gadol Avayne Minsei, is, is the language of when Cain kills Hevel. Right. What's the comparison of Cain killing Hevel and talking in Shul? Like, who came up with that juxtaposition? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, also because of the fact that when you talk in Shul, you're preventing life from going on. Because if you talk in Shul, the person, it says, um, Seva is Shtika Yafu B'Shash We know that davening in Shul is a uh, school of Farikas Yom, and talking to Shul could be Makati Yom. So just like Cain killed Hevel, and he brought around the uh, Misa to the world. So to somebody who's talking in shul is, is unfortunately causing a lot of magifas to happen, and that's why the Mishaberach was written by the Taisi because he felt 100,000 people died because of the fact that he was talking in shul. Um, and that's just another aspect of whether or not it's Megayah Lamaisa. I mean, the Shevet Alevi talks about it, whether it's actually Goyimboy, and you have to embarrass somebody. Is it, is it, is it uh, Lamaisa? It was just more of a metaphoric and there is a lot of uh, raid and, and place to speak about it. Well, thank you very much for your time and, uh, and you know, Gracia Shikayah for all the beautiful forum that you write. Thank you very much, Rev. David. It was a pleasure being on. And Mirtha Shem, through the combined efforts, we'll be able to bring a ticket and add uh, tremendous meaning to everyone's davening. Thank you. I just wanted to end off with the following thoughts. In order for us to make sure that we change our current outlook on davening and how davening is treated 
and our understanding of davening, we're going to have to really dedicate time to understand the fundamentals of davening and all the different nuances that apply to davening. And people will claim that I don't have any time. I'm busy doing the daf yaimi or I'm busy with this seder. And tefillah is the core. We don't have anything without davening. And we do have time for a lot of other things in life. We have time to make sure that we're going to a restaurant and eating properly and spending time there. We have time waiting online at a pizza shop for an hour just that you should have them love malka. If you think about it, we spend more time talking about food that we really just eat a very small part of the day than we do focusing on davening. We daven much more during the day than we do eat. The actual method of eating throughout the day is much shorter than the davening that we actually do every day. And it's ironic because we, you would think that we should spend more time understanding davening than we do spending on eating but instead we talk about eating a whole day we look at magazines that have different uh, ads of different restaurants and the meat coming out of the paper of the magazine and we talk about this donut and this pizza shop which tastes better and which recipe is better and the focus on eating is really what we focus on in Yoni Gashmias and we don't really tend to spend enough time on focusing in Yoni Ruchnias and we spend time and we'll have three hours to maybe go to a baseball game or watch a baseball game and we'll have time to exercise and go biking for three four hours hours on a regular basis. But when it comes to Nyani Ruchnius, we don't have any time. And that's flawed. We should make sure to dedicate more time in Nyani Ruchnius, not leave shul early because we're pressured for time to go to a, a meeting. Hashem is the one that's giving you Panasa. Where are we going? Where are we running out of shul early? We should not want to be able to run out of shul early. We should not want to talk during davening. We shouldn't have to accept Kabbalahs upon ourselves to stop the talking during shul because we wouldn't want to talk on our own. It should come from the inside. We should realize the chashivas of davening from the inside that we don't want to talk during davening. We don't want to leave shul early. We don't want to come late. It's going to take time, but ultimately, if you have the dedication and devotion set in during your day to make sure that that's taking place, then you wouldn't have these issues in relation to davening, because we have to teach ourselves the fundamentals of tefillah. And we shouldn't have to wait to the time where somebody in our shul is sick, and all of a sudden we have to create these tehillim chats, and then we have to accept kabbalahs upon ourselves. Why do we have to wait for these things, Rahman al-Salam, to happen? We should do it now, in the time of Rosh Hashanah, where we want to change ourselves and look into ourselves and see what areas of our, of our actions need tikkunim. And that's chus of making sure that our tefillahs are more impactful and treating tefillah the way it's supposed to be treated and dedicating the time will be Zaycha to Taiva and the Gikabanchiar. Joining us from New York is Rabbi Yosef Vigla. He's a Rav, he's a Paisik, he's a Rajkail, a Mayan Yisrael. Welcome Rabbi Yosef. Thank you so much. So special to be here. So question person forgot his hat and jacket. Better for him to daven be Yechidus, assuming he wears one. There's an Eilu who doesn't wear a hat and jacket. But if it's somebody who does, better to daven be Yechidus or to daven um, with, with a with a tzibur, with a minion, with a hat and jacket? Right. So that's a great question. Again, I think the idea here is that there's a certain garb that you need to wear when you daven. Right. Now, let's not get into the details of what each person, uh, each cries, and each type of group of people wear when they daven, but the, the notion that when you're davening, there's a certain clothing that you put on and that you elevate yourself and you pick yourself up to a higher madrega, higher level, um, and you're not just walking in in your regular clothing. That's the key over here. So it, it really is a critical component of, of being able to daven properly in order to, to, uh, to get there. So the shaiva in halacha, right? What you have, if you're in the middle of a swimsuit, there's certain parts of the body that are mekhemis and mechusim that uh, need to be covered that you possibly can't daven without it. And um, you would have to have that covered. Um, the hat and jacket would not push to fall into that as a, as a, um, 
you know, like you shouldn't govern at all, but uh, as long as you're covered in those places. But that jacket changes your whole avoid of davening. When you elevate yourself and you pick yourself up and you put something on, special, regardless maybe, it changes your whole notion of davening and it picks you to a higher madrega. In other words, and the proof would be when the Ramam brings the Dvarim HaMa'akfim HaSatfila, he does not bring one of them as the din of Hikayin L'Fnei L'Kachay Yisrael. So since the Ramam does not bring Hikayin as one of the Dvarim HaMa'akfim HaSatfila, it would seem that it would be better to daven as is than to... Uh, and to miss, well, he's talking about missing a davening, but he also, it's the same thing. His lashon is like a great feel of tzibur as well. By, by the way, for uh, a hat, there's a solution because um, usually you can't put your hand on yourself because you're covering yourself with your own self. So it's not considered a covering to put a yamuka. But, and this is a whole big shayla, right? If you have your hand on top of the yamuka, so the hand isn't then able to cover it because it's covering the yamuka, and therefore it still would be considered an external covering. But that would help at least for that. Well, uh, yes and no, and I would say this far why not? Because if it's a din of kisirish, then a hand on top of a yarmulke would be a second kisirish. It could be. But if it's a din of hika and lefnei lekeri yisrael, which means to come in an elegant attire in front of a melech, the fact that you have a second attire that's your hand still doesn't make it elegant. Right, but you know, by 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 Hasidim, they would say that the the extra the extra something over there is because we're saying davening kale elyon, so Hashem and Hashem above, which means to be able to see Hashem is really way above us, and in that sense, you would um, you would really fulfill that dictum. But agreed, it's better to have an actual proper covering. Okay, someone isn't feel, isn't feeling well and he's sleeping. Should they be woken up to say Kriyashma and Davin before the Zman or not? Okay, so Kriyashma. By the way, I I think that Kriyashma is one of the most difficult mitzvahs of the Torah for a teenager. It's like one of the most challenging things is because you, especially in the summer, when you want to sleep late and you have to wake up in the morning, it's one of the most difficult things. Sometimes Balabakim don't even know about that. But Krishma is, uh, is a day writer. So you don't really have a choice about Krishma. You're supposed to wake up a person. Anytime there's a mitzvah day writer, you wake up a person and you offer him to, um, if he wants to say it, you don't have to fight him if he doesn't want, but you... Uh, you have to wake him up to be able to, uh, to at least say the Krishna in the most basic level, and if he can, to say the Birka Sathera before him. Um, yes, you should wake him up if, uh, unless he's going to, um, different teenagers might be in different positions and might not be uh, interested in it. But if he is, then uh, yes, you should wake him up for that. And even if you'll daven later, that's fine as long as you said the Krishna now. Now, what would you say to somebody who said, why should you wake him up? He's an Aynas now, an Aynas Rahman Apatre, a Yashan as part of an Right, but Aynas is only if, if, uh, if you woke him up and he, and then he's fallen into that slumber and not interested. But if he's not, if he wants to wake up. Well, forget about Aynas. Is a Yashan Pataman Amitzvah? Is a Yashan Pataman Amitzvah, but the Mitzvah of Krishna is a Kumbase, which means there's a Mitzvah of the right to get up and to say the Brahma. So you have to actually get up and do it, right? That's right. one of the most common things. By the way, good to know that there's a Tchidat Man Krishna. Some people sometimes go to sleep and they can know that they can say before. That's very helpful to know. Right. Okay. Um, what would you say um, if you if you can't do both tefillah b'tzibur or kriya satira? You 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 have a choice of one of the two. What would you say? Which is others? What would it be? Let's say again, it's a chayla. He can only go to the basic mitzvahs for a short amount of time. He could be go for tefillah b'tzibur or kriya satira. So I think this. 
two parts to davening. There's parts of davening that can be done b'yochid and cannot be done b'tzibur at all. And then there's the parts of davening that can be done b'tzibur. So any part of davening that can be done b'tzibur is in the same madrega like uh, Kedusha and Kaddish and everything like that and uh, as uh, as Kriya Sapeya. And therefore, in that sense, yes, but the thing that you don't let you be daven b'yochid, you should daven b'yochid and that uh, would suffice for that. I just want to point out though, I mean, first of all, what so therefore, so therefore, what, so so the uh, this is not me, but then Yosha writes that tader, that the tefillah has a din of a tader, which is interesting. Like, but it's but it's difficult because it's a tader. It's true, but you're gonna do that. You're gonna do that, right? So it's true that it's uh, that tefillah is tader, like But you are gonna do it. You're just gonna do it biachidus. So the question is, do we say tader on the hechsher of tefillah b'tzibur over an ikar mitzvah of kriyas And you need a raya to that. So he says that yes, but he doesn't bring a raya. So he's saying that the ikar is kriyas I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that what he wants to say, that the din of Tadr Vishayne Tadr Tadr Kaidem and Tzvila comes before Kriya that's only when you can do one or not, one of which to do. Here you can do the first one, you're going to do Piyachidus. The second one, you'll miss totally. So we say Tadr Vishayne Tadr, where you're going to anyway be able to do the other one. He doesn't ring a raya, and I, I, I can't think, it's a, it's a very complicated and nuanced topic, Tadr Vishayne Tadr, with a lot of different situations. So I have to think of a raya, but that's how I know how he Paskins. I want to add a little Hasidic spice to it, and that is that what is the goal of uh, of listening to Kriya Satera? Sometimes it's a very difficult mitzvah to to accept. Like when you're learning a Gemara, at least there's a there's a seichel, right? You actually understand something, and you you uh, you're using your seichel, using your cup. When you're listening to the laning, it's almost like just listen to someone say a few words that you probably heard many many times anyway already. Right, but um, there's a the Hasidic explanation goes as follows: that there's different levels of uh, limud atayr. So there's limud atayr which happens in your seichel with your intellect, and that's called gemara talmud. There's limud atayr which is more that midos, like mishnayos, um, which is pasul or kosher, family or tsar, and then there's limud atayr which is the action in olamasiya. And that's, uh, that applies to Mikra, which is, which is uh, Tanakh in general, which is why with Tanakh, there's no, it doesn't make a difference if you, um, if you understand or you don't understand. The Iker is just, the, the letters of the Torah when the Sefer is writing is just to have them there. And when you're learning the Torah, the Iker is the, that's why it's called Koyrei B'Torah, to draw out the Torah. So w- what you're doing when you're getting up there on a Monday or Thursday, etc., and, and you're laning, is you're bringing Hashem, through the Torah, down into this world. And even if you don't understand or you're just listening to the same words, because it's Mikra, it's coming right down to the world of action. And so it just lends a little bit of a, of a depth in it. When you're learning Gemara, you're drawing it down to your Seichel. When you're learning Kabbalah, you're drawing it down to your, your soul. When you're learning, um, when you're doing the Mikra, you're bringing Hashem's word into this world. So on a Monday morning, Hashem's word needs to be brought down into this world. And through your listening to it, you draw Hashem into this world. Just an explanation of what the, uh, the power of, of laning is in that regard and why it's important. Very nice. I would be myself that in La Halacha, mm-hmm. um, they, they say over from Rebchaim that Kriya Satoira is supposed to be the end of, of, of Maimet Harsinai. And with Kama Halachas that have to do with Maimet Harsinai, Marshall has to be Bamida, right? Which was done by, by Maimet Harsinai. It has to be where there's a Moshi Adabim, like Kimian and Ubukoil, so you have the Balkoire, and then you have the person who answers with the Brachas. And then it also says that Moshi Yeshua and this Kainim Wasaviv, which is why the Mishnah Bur brings, that you're supposed to have one person on each side of both the, of the, of the, of the, of the Amud against 
Moshe against Yeshua and his Canaan to mimic Maimed Har Sinai. So it's as if the, the, it's, it's a mini Maimed Har Sinai every time there's a Kabbalah Satira. So you're saying right, it's what, a mini Maimed Har Sinai is to bring the Maimed Har Sinai today back into the world. Like you said, right. Hashem, but not, not so much, but not, not, not saying to be, because you're saying the Bracha, no saying Hatayra. Shabbat Havana Mikalamim, the Nasalana Rasterase, and the no saying Hatayra, the Papayal, is through the small Maimed Har Sinai that happens like Kabbalah Satira. shouldn't be three days to pass by without. Without drawing Hashem into this world in that uh, in that respect, yes. If we go back to the the, uh, the the davening, I just you know the question of whether you were saying about the, the question was whether davening or or laning. So there's a fundamental question of what, what transpires when you when you daven. It's like, um, what, what exactly happens when a person goes into a, a davening mode? Like, there's always a question, right? One of the questions is, why would you, um, is, is it important to spend time davening versus learning Torah? As a general question, right? right? So what's more what's more important, davening or learning? And and we have the the discussion with Rav Amnuna where they said the Manishim Chayyim, the Oiskin like you're leaving that which is Chayyim, that which you're supposed to do all like Torah, and you Oiskin Chayyim. And what it seems to be over there is a discussion about Chayyim uh, being that which you do for the moment. So you shouldn't be learning learning. Uh, you should rather be learning Torah over over davening. And really, the experience of, of davening is one where the uh, the tour brings. The tour says that the davening is chasidim ban shemaitze who yom misboididim umechavlim b'tfilasim ad shalimagim lispashtus agashmias. They would elevate themselves in Gashmir. It's an art that we have very much forgotten. And when a person is able to enter into the domain of Davening and elevate oneself up and, and um, feel the presence of Hashem in your life, it's an earth-shattering experience. It is, it is definitely performed much better when you have a minion because the minion helps you, helps you around in the room. The avir of a minion, if Davening in a normal pace, of course, helps you to, to be able to, to elevate yourself. So... Both davening and laning, both of them do a, contribute a tremendous amount. I think that the question is often, to, to many people, it's not a question of what do I have, I have time for this, time for that. It's when you feel the importance of why davening is going to benefit you and why laning is, is going to benefit you, it might be more, more of, a, of a thing to go to both because you spend the time, you change your life, literally. You elevate yourself completely in that sense. Beautiful. Very beautiful. It says in the Shulchan Aruch to give tzedakah before davening, and and it's brought from the Rizal, I believe the Mishnah Guru brings it by Yavarach Tavadeh, Hashem, right, in in middle of that sila, right? So the question is, could you give it to a guy too? Right, just before you do, I want to just point out that uh, even though it says to give by by Baruch Tavim at the beginning and by Ve'atam Moshe Bakol, it does say the Gemara says and brought in halacha. Right, exactly because Abelaza Yohi Prutale Ani Hodamatsi. So first, before you do, before you daven, it's really before any mitzvah, you want to open up that that regard. Um, so what's considered giving to a goy? Well, when you give to a goy, it's. Uh, Right, but let's just get established that Arizal said that before davening, he's supposed to say, And there's something very special about giving to a yid, which is not simply that Shalom. It's because the other yid has a neshama, and when you give to him and you escape your own sense of, uh, Meshulach once told me, he says, I go and talk about Hashem all the time, because when I go into the city and I ask people for money, he says, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm shifting the conversation about Hashem, because there's no reason to give tzedakah other than that God, Almighty God said so. So what you want to do is before davening is open yourself up 
That's what it means. I need B'Tzedek Echazefanecha to see the Panim of the Panimius of Hashem. Because we look at everything externally. And when you give away money, it opens up your own self to be able to, to excite your Neshama that allows you to start the process of davening. So once you do that, davening can, can begin. It doesn't really work when you do it with a, with a guy because it's true you gave away money, but it's only to die to Shalom. So when you're giving it away to a Yid, it's one Neshama talking to another Neshama. And once you say, Hareini Mekabalala Mitzvah Asei Shalatavayach and you activate it, then you get Ani B'Tzedek Echazefanecha. Panecho is primius, right? We live in a chitzonius, we live in an external reality, and you're able to shift into a primistic reality. And then you say to Hashem, I open myself up. So you also open up, and there's, a, there's an opening of a meeting of the heart okay. and the souls. You're saying, Dr. Shalom doesn't rise to the level of tzedakah needed. Not the same. Yeah, but not really at all. Correct. Okay. Is there any reason to daven psuke de Zimra with a minion or come to show uh, before Baruchu? Because there is no, in other words, assuming there's nobody saying Kaddish Yasim. So basically, you know. Or, you, or you mean Kaddish Rabbanon before Daven? Yeah, which, yeah. So, so there's no Kaddish before Baruchu. So uh, so uh, uh, Yasim would say usually the Kaddish Rabbanon, at least in, in Nusuf's fire. But, but so I'm asking you, is, would there be a reason to daven psuke de Zimra with a minion? What does Ikatzila start by? By Baruch Well, the same thing Kabbalah Shabbos, which is a few hundred years old, right? Um, is there any, besides maybe enjoying the singing, maybe it could be in the Sawyer, but is there any din of Tzilah by? Uh... So, so uh, allow me to take this to, to a practical level and to see what, uh, to discuss what happens in shuls when people come in and they do this. What, what happens is, you know, people got used to the Mahabha says you're allowed to skip uh, parts of davening. So there's like a thing, so skip, so we skip. So you just look at the skip, even though it obviously wasn't the, the intention of what he was saying. People who do that are skipping and missing the experience of, of Davani. Not to mention that there's such a thing called Hefzik. One of the things that Chayza Meruch and Luchama is uh, Hefzik and Davani talking between Shtabach and Kaddish Abadeh. So how do you start Baruch Omar and then not speak? So you start in Baruch Omar at home and then you uh, remember back in the day in Yeshiva, there were Bachim who would, on the way to Yeshiva, and you were showing them by Sagan, they would say, the, they would daven, you know, they were, they were really by Baruch when they got to davening over there. It's basically a, a real rule and an, a misunderstanding of what davening is. Davening is an experience of the soul and Sukkot Zimra is not just me singing to Hashem. It's Lazamer Aritzim. Lazamer means to cut off all the uh, forces that block me. And we today have so many forces inside our heads that block us. And when we learn how to daven, and you see that Tzukah de Zimra is the process of getting there, so you're basically blocking yourself from the whole experience of, of, of davening. Saying halacha, you have a problem of, of, of hefsek, etc. It's not about the meaning is not the issue. The issue is how are you davening? And it's not possible to daven if you're not in a Yushavdika place being able to sit down and daven properly and get to the experience. Well, let's, say he, well, let's say he has a beautiful library at home surrounded by Sfarim and he wants to daven over there. Is there is there any din of of, of asara by psuke de zimra? Is v'chal din a minion by psuke de zimra? The only and thing you have it. But, yeah, go ahead. I, I would even add on if if there's no minion in shul, can you daven till baracho and wait for the tenth person and then start davening by baracho? The only halachic component of saying a Kaddish is that you said the whole Ishtabach, or let's say by Mincha, you say the whole Ashrei, and you have to have a minion for saying it. You can't just walk in and say a Kaddish. When you, in, in halacha, when you have a minion, you have to say, you have to have a capital to him, you say before or something, and then you can say the Kaddish over that. So from the perspective of that, yes, you could do that. You could do the Psukkadizimra in another room, do it by yourself, walk in. You can't just start with a Kaddish, you, have, you would have to begin with Ishtabach, and then you'd be good. But you would not be allowed to speak all the way in the Psukkadizimra from one to the other, or do anything else to have Sukkadizimra. Interesting. The Taz in Archaim says that um, uh, that Pesukah de Zimra doesn't need Asara. 
right, in Nun Hei Sivkat and Gimel. And from Reb Chaim, he writes that the whole din of Tzuket uh, Zimra is Becheftza, Tzfil of Yechidus. And it starts with Baruch But I did see the Halachas Ketanis brings that by Kabbalah Shabbos, he should have a minion. And he says, Toichemune Am Segula. Toichemune Am Segula means a minion of other, of other Yidin. Interesting. So he's Mechalik between Pesukah de Zimra and uh, Kabbalah Shabbos. I mean, there's there's no Chazal Mekayr in it, but I'm just quoting what, you know, the later Achreinim say. You know, the, the Hasidish side of that is that when you when you daven, you want to daven with what's called Eser Koyches HaNefesh, to be able to put every fiber of your being, we have ten faculties of the soul, and so you want to imbue them all in davening. And so davening is that you actually sit be a chidus, and you're able to connect and to really, really daven. So in that sense, it's actually a mile that's putting your all ten faculties of you into davening to be able to make the davening a real experience. What somebody's in a bathing suit, they went swimming, and they realized they're going to miss mincha, and they don't have time to run and put their clothes on. Um, would you say they miss it? Should they go into the water and daven? What would you suggest? Well, the first thing I would discuss is what are they doing right before mincha in a bathing suit in that position? There's obviously a reason for that, right? <laughs> I mean, okay, right. Think about the notion of of what that means. So, but but no, you can't daven when you have uh, the whole question of davening in shorts. Um, there's a way out of it. You could uh, put a towel on on the bottom on your feet, and then you could uh, put some kind of undershirt and you sit this on, and then you could theoretically create it. But to daven without that is uh, to daven with mukaimus on agluim every day. That's the same shayla as a woman who goes into a mikveh and she has to be covered. In completely in order to be able to daven. You're not allowed to daven when you have uh, erva or any parts that are meant to be uncovered. Uh, let's talk about davening in English. Somebody's a baltshuva, or even if he's not a baltshuva, he's saying slichas, and if you want, I could open one up and ask somebody uh, who went to yeshiva for 10 years, do you understand anything what you're saying? Machi umasi, you know what I mean? Is it, mm-hmm. is it better off davening in English, that he and, and he doesn't have the chance to scan the letters? Is he better off davening in English, or is he better off davening in Hebrew and not knowing what he's talking about? Just first of all, the example you gave there, machi umasi, is of course itself a translation. So that's the whole about davening um, or if you can say those words if you're davening by yourself because that is, is the Aramaic translation right. which was uh, not the language the Malachim understand um, I, I want to make a very important observation about it right in Shulchan Aruch it says that you can daven um, oh, in any language you want yes the Shulchan Aruch is over there that uh, an Amorit who doesn't understand Lashon HaKodesh um, can daven in any language and he, he understands it's not a problem at all um, in order to be able to relate to it. A few points are very important. First of all, some of the Sidurim, like the Oskol Siddur, the translation says um, it's actually not translated into English, it's translated into Hebrew. So every bracha in the Siddur is translated as blessed are you Hashem, our God. And when you say Hashem, there's no question that you're not uh, fulfilling your obligation, you're not Yetzer, because that's not the English term. So if you want to use it, you've got to say the correct term, which is what you would have to say, right, uh, Almighty God, in order to, to fulfill your obligations. You have to actually translate the word into that. But I want to make a very important point. There was a, a, a Bacher sat by me, a 15-year-old Bacher, sat in Rosh Hashanah a couple of years ago in the meal by me after, after the davening, and he told me that he couldn't understand a word of davening. So he took a master, he found a master in English, in the shul, and he went to look at the English. So he says, then I looked at the English, and then I realized that I still don't understand the word because I didn't relate to a word. He went right back to the Hebrew in order that you should be able to see that at least if I don't understand, I don't understand. So I, I just venture to say, and I tell this to all, all the chevers, that English almost like hijacked the, the Siddur. 
because the words are not being translated correctly. And I want to give you one simple example. When you make a bracha, so everyone knows, because of the English, that Baruch Hashem means blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. To most of us, that doesn't have any meaning because most people do not have a clue what is a blessing. And they don't relate to what does it mean to say blessed are you. But if you translate the words correctly, then you'll see that there's a different meaning to it. The word Baruch in Halacha, the Mishnah says, Hamavrich, right? What's a Mavrich? Mavrich is a Geshen in Kilayim. So it means to take a, a tree and to bring it down and then to create another tree. You take a branch and you bring the branch down. Mavrich means to draw down. And if you translate the word in that sense, so now you say, okay, Baruch Atah Hashem means I'm drawing down Hashem. Not bless. I'm drawing Hashem down to become king, melech of the oilam. Oilam is a helem, a concealment. So now what I'm saying is, okay, Hashem is not present in my life because I'm feeling anxious, worried, scared. And I'm drawing Hashem into my life and making him real. You see how the, the, the shift in translation changes it, which is why I believe that davening in English is, really paralyzes you. Because at the end of the day, when they, were, when they created the takonis, as through the years, of takonis of davening, and as the words of davening came to be, those words capture the neshama, they capture the soul. They express the words as, as the soul wants to say them. And that's the Baruch Atah Hashem Elikein So when you have it in English, you're very limited to only one translation. When you have the Lashem HaKadosh, the original, which is why you can't dab in whatever language, you just, whatever words you want, you want to say the words that they're there, but you want to be able to learn the depths of what Chazal was saying when they created the words of davening. They are so powerful. They energize you, they transform your life, as long as you begin to understand the truth of the depth of what they mean. But now it's, it's davening time, and the person didn't, doesn't understand Hebrew. And he does understand the art scroll or the Russian or the Yiddish translation. Is he better off doing the art scroll English, the Russian translation, the Yiddish translation, or the Hebrew that he doesn't understand? One second. You must daven. If you want to translate it, you have to translate it to a language that you understand. So if you want right. to speak Russian, you daven in Russian, you won't do it. Right. I understand you, that. So I'm it, saying yes. you, have, you have a Russian fellow in front of you, an English fellow in front of you, a French in front of you, an Italian and a Spanish. They say, Rabbi, we have Muslim in our languages. And a Yiddish. He benched this to God, which also does yeah. mean Mavrich, right? Correct. So, so uh, by the way, just Absolutely. for the record, by the yeah. way, so just for the record, the way you explained Baruch is the way the Nefesh explains it, right? But there, mm-hmm. there is another way to explain Baruch too, which the Medagda can explain, which is, let's say, when you say the Rabbi Nishalem is a Racham, what does that mean? Right. Rabbi is, he's the Mekoyer of Rachmanus. Like the Amelet Shloimei Baruch. That's the, the thought. So, yeah. So Baruch is, is except with, when, in Digduk, it changes when there's a Mulrai afterward. Baruch is like saying Baruch or Hanan, you are the Mekoyer Habracha. So the Nefshechaim doesn't learn this way. Nefshechaim learns it means to bring down. But another way to learn Baruch is you, are, you the Mekoyer of Bracha Hashem, please do so and so. I'm just saying, even in Hebrew, there are mm-hmm. multiple. But let's go back yeah. to my question. So five people come to you. That's the beauty of Lashem HaKodesh, and it has the, the multitude of this. Yeah. So much and now they come to you, and they say, Rabbi, you know, we, we never understood Hebrew, and we want to, am I better off in art school, you know, whatever, or whatever particular said that they have, the Russian said mm-hmm. or, or Hebrew that they don't understand. Right. So the answer is that, that each person, in order to be davening, should be on the most basic level davening in the language they understand. I always tell people, let's work this slowly. Take one 
one chapter, one capital in davening, and then start learning it so that you can get from the from the Russian or English that you have, move back to the Lashon HaKodesh. So what you want to do is be able to slowly decipher and unpack the words of the original davening, because nothing will change your life like original words. So the Chatechina start davening in the language you understand, so that you understand and relate to davening. It's very important. Again, as long as you're saying the words in, in that language and not Hashem, which is an Hebrew language. But then you come back and you want to slowly be able to understand, because once you relate to what, what Halaluk or Halalina Hashem means, and you understand the words, and you can see it in the words, there's nothing like an experience of davening in Lashon HaKodesh. just want to be myself what the Mishnah Bura adds to this in the Bir Halacha. Shulchan Arav says exactly what you said. But the Bir Halacha does add a caveat. He says this, that you could be David in another language, he says, as if you're a, sh- you're, you're a Shemayim and you're trying to be Mechav in the Milois. But if you're zipping through it in English, when you're not really paying that much attention, then it's better to zip through it in Hebrew where you don't understand. So if you say English, I understand, and I'm going to focus, then I'm going to do it in English. But if you're not going to really be focusing on your English, then you're better off not focusing, saying it in Hebrew, because then at least you have the say driver. See, he sort of adds like sort of a star to what the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch Harav says. Right, but the reality of, of but the reality of davening of of when people read is, you know, if you if you read something in English and that's your language, you're gonna it's gonna be much easier to pay attention to what's going on. So of course you're right when you're not paying attention at all, but it's much more challenging to to pay attention when it's a language that's not your first language and you're not familiar with it. So it's it's gonna be easier to concentrate in in the language you understand. Okay, you come to a show. And I don't know what Chabad's minig is, but I know that, it, you know, certain Hasidim almost never say Tachsan. You come to yes, a show... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry? There's always some Yorkite. Yes, to somebody who always died every day of the year, yeah. And you come to a show, and so-and-so is the, the, the saying the yard side, and they're not saying Tachsan. Should you say Tachsan by yourself, be Yechidus? So it, it also depends on, on something else, which is, is there a valid reason... Why are they not saying Tachnan? So let's say you come into a place and you don't know anyone, but there's some uh, there's some reason, there's some breath or something or whatever. Well, let's it's say it's a Tachnan. It's a Tachnan. It's it's a yard site. That's the reason. Right. There's always a meaning of Lotus Goydu, which is not to separate yourself from the the tibur and not to be different. But um, if there's no reason and it's just uh, Tachnan is one of the top people, it's one of the most beautiful feelers ever. It's one of the most unbelievable connections to Hashem you could ever say. And so just on a, on a practical level, what you would do is go to a side and where no one's, look, where no one's you're not making yourself conspicuous, so you're not doing the latest go to do, you can go to the side and you can say the Tachman. And you can dive in there. Okay. Thank you very much. A good kibbench. Yeah, Well, thank you very much and honor having you. Joining us from New York is Rab Alter Rabinovich. He's the director of the Karen Taisis Yamtiv. Welcome, Rab Alter. Ha, Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Tell us, what does the Karen Taisis Yamtiv do? So, our organization, the Karen Taisis Yamtiv, is um, founded by Rabbi Joe Landau. A lot of people know him. And we're doing awareness, a positive awareness, not to talk during Davenek. So this is um this is our main um concept we're doing and Baruch Hashem we had a very successful campaign which went around this year and we signed up over a hundred thousand people were accountable on themselves not to talk during davening and Korea Satora. So this is what our organization is doing. 
And why do you think that's so important? There are so many tzedakahs in Kali Yisrael. There's Almanas, there's Shittachim, there's people in Parnassah. Why did you choose this one? So let's step um, one step forward. Um, why need a shelter most dominant? What's this? Um, why shouldn't send, um, send us some challenges in life? And some people need help, some people need um, Panusa and Shadikim. And why is Hashem doing this to us? He's a Kol Yuchel, and he's able to provide everything, the past for everyone. So the reason why he's doing this is he wants our us. He wants we should connect with him. And and during Davening is the best place where we can connect with Hashem. So now, let's, let's get to the next step. Um, we have a lot of Sfurim, Hasidish Sfurim, and, um, and Zoyer, and uh, almost every cipher. We have um, the, the, what's the... What's the the, the hashivas of not talking during davening, and and what's the 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 other side? What's what what you bring on yourself during talking davening? So so what I saw, and and I'm telling this also people that Hashem, and, and it's actually it's written in other sfurim and chassidish sfurim that Hashem is not makabel or tefillas if we talk during davening. So when Hashem waits for it for us, He wants to give us something, and He wants to give us pranusa. And, and, and if you talk during down, Hashem is not makabel you tell us. It is even not, and avoid the Israel says that even if someone is talking in your shul, the, the entire shul tefillas is not going up. So everyone is there any take, is there any makayir in Chazal for that? Um, you meaning in the Torah and Gemara? I'm saying in, in Chazal, Gemara, Medrash. So actually, last week um, that if someone um, um, is talking during davening, the, 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 so the whole the whole tefillah stays in the shul with a with a cloud, like it's the cloud stays in the shul. If 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 nobody's um is talking during davening, then the whole tefillah goes up together stronger. Um, the balatim, so in the balatim. It's called the Benasa Chippe, the Golf together, the whole Dibber, um, Chal Koitzitz, is what the Balatim said in, in Pashas Kisova. Is it that the whole shoals, the whole shoals fillers don't go up because of one person? Yes, because of one person. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a known story with Rabbi Victor Miller. Someone went to him, but, um, his wife had, um, um, had cancer, and he asked him, um, what he should do. And he asked him if, if he davens in a shul where, um, the people talk, and he said yes. He told him to go look for another shul where people not talking during the so Hashem will makabel your tefillas. So Very good. We're, making, we're making the awareness people should not talk, so the tefillas should be makabel, and when the tefillas were makabel, so Hashem send us some old ashpuas, panusa, shadichim, gazint, everything. So what do you do? What is, what would you, how do you inspire people? Like what does is, what is your organization do? So the last five years, uh, we went out with a, with a huge marketing um, and awareness campaign, a positive awareness campaign in the Hamish community, Twentrum, Israel, and Australia, and in Canada, in Belgium, and England, that people should be macabre not to talk during Davina. We're coming out with very strong, positive um, um, posters, and we're taking a lot of from, from this facetious film, the, the goodness that Hashem is giving you, um, all the, all the, 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 the the bruchas you're getting if you're not talking during davening. The Baruch Hashem went um, bigger and bigger every year. Till this year, we had um, over um, over 100,000 people in Makabul, and we made the gerulas on the tickets um, to fly for free to the Tzion The day of the Yurtat, we had over 1,000 people, the organization paid, and paid the entire trip from transportation to the airport till you got back home. Where, where, the, the Tzion is buried in, in Prague, right? In Krakow. 
in Krakow. In Krakow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow, that is beautiful. Have you in your life seen any Yeshua's because of this? Yes. The way I, how I got into it is I was in my community everyone is getting engaged with the eighteen nineteen. I got to the twenty four and I and I was still a booker and I saw one one week I saw that some a, a, a paper, a gillian that um someone is writing down a, a master that um so and so a Yeshia because he didn't talk during Davening, so I was macabre myself not to talk during Davening and I made the first couple hundred um Kabulas that year, moved a few people together and and they, they went to the Tasasyam pursuit. I, I didn't I didn't went along but the this people went and there were only nine people at the scene of the Tasasyamtas. And they was looking for a tent for a minion. They went around and they found someone some someone came um for 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 the for the for the tourists to Krako so he's a he's a asking if he wanna come in for for a Kaddish. And he asked him what's your Saturday? I told him it's the Tasasyamtas your chat. He said, um, yes in the Mr. Bayash and told me yes, the Mr. Byron, that, that's interesting. I'm I'm gather my shul in one of the kubits in your shul in Israel, and he makes for twenty years plus every week the Mr. Byron from Tesosiantov, and he didn't know Tesosiantov's burrito in Krakow, and he didn't know today's the Yurtzat, and they were just taking him in for that to be the tent for Kaddish. So it was very interesting that how the Tesosiantov prepared many for his Yurtzat. So this was the first year, and I was still a bocha. I didn't went, I didn't went along. Kavaldig story. Very. <laughs> Yeah, Then yeah. I went myself, um, between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, I went myself to Tazosanta, and I told him, look, I, I brought a couple hundred to Kabulas, um, we collected a few shields, we tried to make something, and I'm a couple, if I'm getting engaged in the next 40 days, I will, I will make I will make something, um, I will try, I believe it, to make something um, bigger in next year, to make the awareness that there is a place where you can get them, um, um, Yeshua's. And on the 30th date, day 30, I got engaged, a very close um, grandchild to the Pesos Yamtas. Wow. Gavaldi. Gavaldi. Baruch Hashem for that. And it came for the Yitzhak. I I called up um, I called up um, Rabbi Joel Hendo and I told him, you know, know that of the story. And I was macabre if I can do something. And Joel said, if we, I, I, I was thinking to do something, but if we do, we gotta do it. We gotta do it the right way. So I, I sat down with him and he figured out what we can do. And he opened the organization and he said that um, the way how it collected the last year the Kabbalists, we gotta go out stronger and 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 and, and, and to to sign up more and more people and this and that's here it opened the organization the Tosis Yantas and since then it's actually the fifth year we went with the organization of the Tosis Yantas but it's the sixth year we we taken Kabul already what a beautiful story well thank you very much for sharing your time and if and and what do you do do you hand out cards like what what do you actually do like what is the mice you actually do we have in our office, people calling in all year, um, yeshivas, but the division calling in individually, they want to do a campaign, this is through the year, and uh, we're giving out posters, some signage, and we're giving some support financially, um, they want to make gerulas in the yeshivas, in the in the division, and, and just people feel much better, my, I'm, I'm saying always, my the strongest the strongest sponsors for this organization, sponsors and bringing more people to the table, to Macabre, are people who used to talk before the show, like me. So, and, they, and once they start, they stop talking during gathering, and they, and they start seeing the connection with with the Irish there during gathering. So then they 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 push other people to do it. 
And I want to say one more thing. People asking, what's me not talking to me Davin in between? From Kabunas, Hoidi, Barashomer. So the Mishabir from Tosyantov said, Mibur Shomer at Gemarat Villa. Tosyantov used to Davin, Nisach Ashkenaz, Ashkenaz, Ashkenaz is Barashom before Hoidi. So actually, it means I'm Hoidi, whoever Davin is Nisach Svart. But um, I'm saying for the people, look, what's the whole concept of not talking during Davin? Because just respect, you come into the, to, to, to the Ibishter's house and what? You're going to talk to other people um, when Hashem is waiting for you, he waits for you to fill us. The whole concept of Davinic is because he waits for you, so you're going to talk. So even the Meshaber, the, the Kosyanta says, um, from Hoidi, whatever, Hoidi Bershoma, but whole Kabunas is something in that, in that days, back in the days. Um, you, um, some people didn't say the kabunas. So actually, we say kabunas. So you, just for yourself, um, be quiet. It's like, and if you don't want to be quiet, just start some hoidi, and you will see in a couple of months you will also be makabel from kabunas. Well, thank you very much. It's very inspiring, Rivalta. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Kulta. Bye-bye. Have a good day.